Hey, movie fans, and welcome to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, with my co-host, Josh. Josh, how are you doing this fine evening? Uh, I couldn't be better, honestly. I got a good workout earlier, so I'm just kind of uh, rocking and rolling today, man. Well, that that's good. I Some news kind of put a damper on my day, but let's get into that right now. Kicking us off... Bright and early, we'd like to just get right into the news. Uh, The big movie news topic, we're recording this on Wednesday night, all the movie universe has been talking about all day today of Wednesday is Henry Cavill, Superman in the DC Cinematic Universe, is apparently now out of the picture as Superman in the DC Cinematic Universe. Oh, boy, where do I even start with this one? Um, This is... (laughs) <laughs> really out of the blue, I think. Like, yeah, really out of the blue. But before I go on a huge rant, Josh, what do you make of this news? Um, I mean, I'm shocked. Obviously, I think all of us kind of are. But um, I think you and I were kind of, you know, going back and forth earlier about it. Um, as far as with with this news, it came you know, that they're going to focus more on Supergirl as for, for the, for the movies. And, um, really like you sit here and you think about it and what has Henry Cavill actually gotten to do outside of Man of Steel. We've now had two movies since Man of Steel. And I mean, he did quite a bit in, in Batman V Superman, but I mean, Justice League, he was in a box for, almost all of it. So yeah. it's like, I, I, I feel it. I feel the dude. Um, I, I, I haven't seen anything as to why he's leaving. I think maybe you might know more on that topic, but as far as I'm concerned, he's just kind of out. Yeah. Uh, the impression that I got, and the thing is, and by the time this episode actually gets out, we're probably going to end up being outdated in our information anyway, but details are very scarce right now as to why. Like, there seems to be no definitive answer from any camp out there of, like, Henry Cavill's agent is just like, well, the cape is still in his closet, and we're hoping to get some more information out there from DC, hope to get some form of an agreement with them, and I'm just like, that's not a confirmation or denial. Um... To me, yeah. it seems like he cares more about the Superman character and wanting to further the story of Superman more than DC. I think DC, for whatever idiotic reason, doesn't view Superman as a moneymaker. They see him as a brand that can sell some shirts and stuff, I, I'm gonna, but not a movie I'm gonna, franchise. I, I get that. I'm going to correct you real quick. I don't think it's DC that's thinking that. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I, I think Warner Bros, and I don't think I'm going to stretch at all to say this, does not know what they have no. in, in the DC universe. They, don't under, they do not understand the content that they have. And it, with, with the Supergirl stuff attached to all of this, I would not be surprised that they are going with Supergirl in response to Captain Marvel. But they already have Wonder Woman. Yes. Wonder Woman first. I understand. 
but she's not technically, if you want to sit here and, and, and talk about this, she's not like a young female hero. And Captain where Captain Marvel is a young, quote unquote, young female hero. I don't know. It's to me, it, it seemed, it felt more like a reactionary decision rather than, Hey, let's like explore Supergirl a little bit. Like we have a show for her. Oh man. Like chill. But Warner Brothers is never reactionary in regards to the DC Universe. Come on now. Uh, it's just yeah. frustrating at times trying to be a DC fan because it just seems like the fans want things to succeed, but Warner Brothers has this golden goose just sitting in their lap that they don't know how to make it work. Superman, yeah. as I've done countless videos on, is not a complicated character to get right. You just have to do a little bit of homework. It's not that difficult, but they just, I don't know what it is. I think, yeah, this will be our main point of discussion today, just the future of the DCEU and yeah, uh, or worlds of DC or whatever it's getting called nowadays, and just the future of the Superman character. So before I go on a rant that I'll probably save for later in the episode, let's, let's go into some other news that's not going to get my blood pressure up, but I don't know if it will. Um, Zombieland 2. It's a thing. It is coming. Finally, I'm excited for it. Not only is it coming, it is beginning filming in January, and it's targeting an October release, supposedly, with all four major characters from the original film coming back as their respective roles. Josh, what do you make of that? Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody has to talk to me to very, for very long for them to know that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the zombie land. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I think you and I have talked about this quite a bit because once we heard about it, um, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with the storyline. Because when Zombieland like first came out, it, it did not do well because nobody really knew what to make of it, and it's it's definitely become a, a, a cult classic in a sense. So I mean, let's uh, I all for whatever they do. Really, it's kind of like when they when they did Kingsman two. I was like, you know what? I at this point, I'm a big enough fan. I really don't think they're going to be able to do anything wrong. I'm, they're going to give me something. I trust them enough with the content that they've given me before. You know, I'll, I'm going to put my butt in the theater no matter what they put out. Yeah, and we got Kingsman 2, which was fine. But yeah, this one, it's more of just like the familiarity of the characters. Just seeing them again will be great to see the cast again. I'd love yeah. to see Woody Harrelson back. Um, I'd love this is the only time you'll ever hear me say this sentence. I um, would love to see Jesse Eisenberg back. I just would like to see this cast come back. They had amazing chemistry. And like you said, there's a world of possibilities for this story to go. And just oh, really yeah. interesting possibilities that I would like to see explored. Maybe they find another group of four people that are like the bizarro versions of them. And I think that could be really, really fun. Now, we've talked about this before. If you do Zombieland 2... You need a cameo that's just as good, if not better, than Bill Murray, like a David Hasselhoff or some other over-the-top, ridiculously cheesy cameo that could just make it work. Transitioning us away now from Zombieland 2, which will be next October, 
coming this October is David Gordon Green's Halloween, a really hotly anticipated horror film that I personally am super excited for. It actually debuted this past weekend at the Toronto Film Festival, and it got rave reviews. People were saying this is the best Halloween since the first one, and that gets me really excited. My hype level is already really high for this movie. The trailers have won me over. Not so much with that second one, but that's more of an editing issue. If you want more information on that, check out the first Uncharted Media podcast. But I'm still really excited for this. this these reviews get me even more excited. Josh, hearing these reviews and reactions to this new Halloween movie, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, obviously, it, 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 I'm excited. Um, I think I've learned my lesson in letting myself get aboard the hype train. Yeah, uh, as so, we just talked about DC so, earlier. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, while I am happy to hear that it did, it did well at a film festival, I'm wary still. I think it's, for me right now, I think it's better to just, I'm going to expect an H2O, and if I get a, a Halloween one or better, I'll be super surprised and happy about that. Dude, if we get an H2O, <laughs> I'll be happy, honestly. I mean, yeah, but H2O is a lot of fun for a different reason, so. Yeah, just but make, I, give it, us H2O and age up the cast and give Michael Myers a completely different mask and forget H2O's mask ever happened. I'll be content. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'm excited about the movie. The trailers that have come out for it are awesome. Um, I I'm I'm down. Whatever happens, happens, man. So transitioning from a horror movie that hopefully will be good to a movie that I thought was not very good, but however, the box office it's very good for this movie, and that is the Nun which made $53.5 million this opening weekend and $131 million worldwide. Oof. I didn't think it was that good, but wow. It is the second biggest opening ever for a September release, only behind it, and is the biggest opening for any of the films in the Conjuring universe so far. Josh, what have you been hearing about The Nun? Have you seen it yet? And what do you have of these numbers? <laughs> uh, I have not seen it. I've been very busy with some other stuff. Um, but I'm surprised that it's the biggest opening of a Conjuring movie. Um, but also not surprised at the same time just because the Conjuring movies have kind of snuck up on us over the years. Um, uh, so I don't know, man, I, you know, me, I'm always, I'm always more excited for a second week. Um, and the, that kind of money that the, the second week makes. Cause I think to me that says more about what the public thinks about a movie. Uh, Star Wars is an ex excellent example of that because I mean, that movie still made really good money well into its almost third week. Yeah, that's a good point. It, like that just kept making money 
Or case in point, yeah. uh, the Lego movie had incredible legs. It never really had a dominating opening weekend, but it had really, really strong legs. So I'll be curious if The Nun has those legs. All the Conjuring movies have had some legs, but they've also had very good placement. I was listening to some interesting podcasts and saying, well, with the success of this and an It the year prior, do you think we'll see more horror movies in September instead of October? And I thought that was a really interesting argument. I think we'll be, I'll be even more curious to see how Halloween does at the box office. Of that's really in a prime position uh, coming out October nineteenth for a really good Halloween ish box office. So I'll be curious the future of horror release dates. Yeah. If we can get out of that black hole that is January, and I don't know. I think these numbers are really interesting. I just. This whole universe has been really good for the horror genre, I think. They can be hit or miss at times. It's like Annabelle and then The Nun. But they seem to be really connecting with audiences, which is great. It's revitalizing horror, which I'm always on board for. Um, Yeah, these numbers are really good. If you're Blumhouse, you got to be happy about this. Blumhouse knows what they're doing, clearly. Maybe Warner Brothers should just hand over DC to Blumhouse. They seem to have some form of organization. Yeah. I I think the other thing that would be interesting, and I I do think that if this does well, then maybe you know they'll release more really good horror movies outside of October. I think <laughs> if you're a genre that's trying to get out of its its niches and its cliches, and you only release your top movies in October, um, <laughs> you're not, not really making a lot of progress there. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It it'll be interesting to see going forward. So, transitioning making a hard U-turn, we're transitioning away from horror to Disney because that's always a good Yay. topic to discuss. Uh so on the horizon, we are getting a live action Mulan film as well as a whole bunch of other live action ones, but the Mulan one up and kind of keeping a steady eye on because that's one of the few live action adaptations that I'm actually excited and curious to see. Well, I thought we were going to get more of a gritty, realistic Mulan, and we might still get that. However, there's some words coming out that we're actually going to get some of the original songs from Mulan as well as Mushu. Now, this is definitely not the direction I was thinking that they were going to go with. That being said, the songs from Mulan are pretty classic, and they're always welcome in my book. I don't know, man. Like, I go back and forth on whether or not the new Mulan movie needs songs because the Mulan music is some of my favorite of all Disney movies. I, but at the same time, I'm really excited about this, this gritty uh, remake that we we might be getting. Um, I think there's a way to, to include Mushu as a spirit animal kind of a comic relief force um force coast space force anyway um i don't know why that i went with that but anyway uh it is space force um mushu i think is a good push he's one of the ones one of the characters in the original that really pushes the story forward he he's there for the comic relief He's there for the moments where Mulan's like, man, I just, I don't really know 
well, if I can do this, um, cause he's, he's the one, he's the character that Mulan needs that pushes her. And she like in the original, when she's like, man, like she gets to camp and she's like, ah, I made a mistake. I, I, I can't do this. I definitely can't. Mushu was like, well, here's the thing. If you don't, we're all screwed. So as he's the one, he's the one that really keeps, he's behind her. He's the cheerleader to me. And maybe that, that takes away from Mulan's feminine character, the, you know, the strong female lead character. But to me, even the strongest of people need somebody in their corner cheering them on. And it, it, Keeps that still. Yeah, I know you do. Thanks, man. Somebody needs to. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it, you can still keep it in that mystic realm of old China and have that spirit out. I don't know. It could work. And I think you and I even discussed um, how they could do the music without actually doing the music. Yeah. You don't have to make it a musical. We suggested that um, they more or less keep the music but drop the lyrics in terms of, like, so just have it more as an instrumental? Because we talked about the training sequence and yes. how they can just do that without the words and, like, I'll make a man out of you and just show more or less the exact same training montage just has a, like, super inspirational, almost, like, Rocky or Warrior vibe to it. And have, that'd be totally all right with me, especially, like, when she's climbing the pole with the gold rings. That could be amazing with that soundtrack, just as an instrumental version with a big orchestra or something. That would be amazing. Oh, dude. And even like the moment that tugs at your heartstrings towards the beginning, the um, reflection, yeah. like just have it have that music swell. You don't need lyrics. Just have the sw- that tune swell right then as when she's looking in the lake and she just wipes off some of her the makeup like, oh, man, it's just, just it would be alone of that makeup. song can tell the story that's all we need we can tell the story from that they could do a really yeah. interesting job with that yeah at the end of the day it's we've seen this movie we know we know it's the story do something different with it not necessarily too different but make a show like just present it in kind of a fresh way i uh, yeah completely agree um yeah, I'm still really excited for this, regardless of what happens with music, without, whatever they do. I have faith in them. I think, I, I debate if I'm more excited for this or the Lion King movie. Either way, I'm excited for both of them. Um, yeah. So, last topic before we get into our main discussion with um, Superman and the future of the DCEU. Uh, also, over the weekend... Sony released their Spider-Man game, Marvel's Spider-Man. I don't know what the official game title is called. It's just Spider-Man. I've been playing it a lot, and I just want to give some brief thoughts on it because it kind of fits in the whole video game, movie, market that we talk about here. Um, I have a lot of fun with the game. My only real nitpicks are I played a lot of the Arkham games, and this takes a lot of the same mechanics and playstyle as the Arkham games. Just the buttons are different. So the reverse button or the counter button for Arkham is not the same as Spider-Man. So I get punched way more than I should. And it's just kind of unlearning the things that I've learned. However, there's some things that I thought that I would hate, but I actually don't. So they changed some things in the Spider-Man lore for the game, but I don't necessarily hate it. 
not to dip too much into spoilers, but certain characters have different roles. J. Jonah Jameson is yeah, scattered I, throughout the game, but he's not in charge of the Daily Bugle. He's almost like this Rush Limbaugh style. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten to play it yet, but um, for <laughs> financial reasons. <laughs> um, but I, I had the, the, as far as the, the button scheme issue, I had the same problem. Um, going from the old God of War games to the most recent one. Mm. Because they're, the controllers are very similar, but there's a few changes, and the timing is completely... Uh, certain things is completely different. So I, I, I get that. Um, everything that I've seen from the game looks incredible. It looks like a lot of fun. It's um, It really is. It, yeah. I mean, I, I saw Johnny Gargano's Instagram. Yep. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Where he was like, all right, see, they're going to go be a zombie for 30-something hours. No, it was 237. <laughs> oh, jeez, bro. <laughs> no, like, you have work to do, man. You can't do that. <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't. He He's he's not getting that title until WrestleMania weekend. Mark my words. All those people that don't follow yeah. wrestling that listen to the show are just going, what? But like I was saying, there's certain things that I thought as a diehard Spider-Man fan. Like, I think I know quite a bit about Spider-Man. So there's some changes to the lore that about this that I thought would bother me a lot more, but they're changes that to me actually really work. So um J. Jonah Jameson is not in charge of the Daily Bugle. He's like a Rush Limbaugh style podcaster that's just like trying to rile up hate with people in New York, but like no one takes the bait. To me, that actually okay. felt like a really nice update to the character of like yeah. Newspapers aren't really as relevant anymore, but angry podcasters <clears throat> are. <laughs> Was that a throat clear to signal that you're an angry podcaster? <laughs> Yeah, that was that could have been an alternate name, Angry Podcasters. <laughs> we just talk about things that piss us off. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of changes that I thought I would not enjoy. Um, also, when the game was announced that it was going to have Miles Morales in it, I definitely rolled my eyes because I, as a comic book fan, have never really been the biggest fan of Miles Morales. However... Yeah. This game's actually turned me around a little bit. They present him very well. Uh, they present MJ in one of her best versions I've ever seen. Makes you completely forget about Kirsten Dunst and makes you, like, really get behind Peter and MJ's relationship. They work incredibly well together. She's an independent character of her own. She doesn't need Spider-Man, but her and Spider-Man are a great team together. I just like her dynamic. The graphics and gameplay are amazing. I could just swing around New York all day. That's all I need. That's just so much fun. Just collecting little collectibles, swinging. I figured out how to do tricks while you're in the air, and that's all I need in life, man. Just need to swing, jump off buildings, and have no fall damage. <laughs> well, I mean, really, when you get a Spider-Man game, like, well, what else do you actually want to do? It's kind of like whenever you the Arkham games first came out. It's like, well, all I want to do is go from building to building and just drop on people. Yep, it's the best thing. And then you're like, oh, I need a car. And then you got the car. This one is oh, you get all the different suits, and it's so fun to play as the different skins. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't know as much as I would like to about the game because I really want to. I haven't gotten to play it, obviously. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know if this is a thing right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did some kind of multiplayer with it, um, where it's like multi-dimension, and so you can bring in, you know, have four Spideys to one mission or something like that. I don't know. I've just been like thinking like of because the alternate uh, universe Spider-Man's has been like such a storyline in every you know incarnation of of the, the story so like the what was it the the spider-man show that had uh drake oh uh, <laughs> J- uh, for the record Josh- people he means drake bell not the actual performer yeah, i couldn't drake. remember his his name i'm sorry but yeah, i think yeah, it was just drake ultimate Josh, spider-man have him as the voice yeah they 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 transitioned into that multi-universe spider-man uh thing yeah, they did it really well. What's up? They did it really, really well. I really enjoyed that Spider-Man yeah. quite a bit. Oh yeah, I mean Drake Bell as Spider-Man is is an easy easy pick. It's but um, and, great voice actor yeah, for that. Very, and really the show in general is is very well done. The animation style is very clean, very fluid, and they they treat every single character very well but and but even like other mediums like there's a temple run style game uh for like mobile game the uh that for spider-man that literally the whole game is the multi-dimension theory like you have to go from dimension to dimension uh taking down all of the multitudes of sinister six so like yeah it's awesome but anyway all that to say i don't think it would be very hard for them to kind of do that with this game i know um they're working on a patch to add in uh new game plus mode eventually which i think will be a lot of fun but yeah i could see a multiplayer option um speaking of multi-dimensions and whatnot I am, this movie, this game, I mean, does, however, get me more excited for the Spider-Man, I was about to say Across the Universe, but that's another movie, uh, Across the Multiverse movie that's coming around Christmas time, starring an animated version of Miles Morales. I wasn't too excited for it, but having played this, I, I would like a little bit more Miles. If he's anything like this game, I can really get behind this, and the, the multiverse movie has really won me over with some of the animation. I'm really curious to see what they do. I know there's going to be, oh, quite a bit of fun characters that I, I don't know how much you know, so I'll leave them as surprises if you don't. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. I'm very keep, excited keep, for... Keep that, that's those spoilers away from me. <laughs> yeah, just some, like, casting and some characters that I've heard. I'm like, oh, I never thought we'd get these in a movie, and I'm super excited about it. I mean, I've always said, man, it, honestly, like, if you do a Spider-Man movie, you don't gotta jump straight to Goblin. Like he's got, he's got a lot of really good villains. Like you don't have to jump straight to him. But whatever. Mm. Well, let's transition away from Marvel and Spider-Man to far less depressing things with Superman and Henry Cavill. This will be our main discussion topic for the day. Before we get into that, this episode is sponsored by... I don't know, Josh, who do you want this episode to be sponsored by today? Uh, This episode is going to be sponsored by McAllister's Deli because sandwiches. Wonderful. 
Thank you for that sponsorship today, Josh. Um, yeah, we're very professional in our sponsorships here. Well, when I saw the news that Henry Cavill more or less might be leaving the Superman role, this actually made me even more disappointed than the Ben Affleck one. The Ben Affleck one has just been this long, drawn-out process of, will he, won't he, is he coming back, he's staying, he's leaving. This Superman thing just came out of nowhere, more like an RKO, and it just was like, I thought this guy was tied down for life. He said numerous times yeah. that he wants to be Superman for life, and he tries to be Superman on screen and off to people, which I've always respected that about him because he understands the significance of the character of once you are Superman, people look at you as Superman for the rest of your career, and he takes that very seriously. I feel more seriously than basically Warner Brothers does at this point. Yeah. Well, and this news I think is even more crushing because of Justice League. Because at the end, towards that end, that end of Justice League, when he when you know stuff starts happening, he that's Superman. Like that is the live action Superman. Yep. Like there's, I'm behind him. I believe him. I, he's just exact. That's that's the Superman that we read in comics and see in in the animated movies. Like that's him right there. Boom. And then all of a sudden, you're just gonna dr- drop him. Yeah, he's he's cheesy, he's sappy, he's got the big old goofy grin on his face, but that's Superman. The point that I was just like, yes, this is the Superman I know and love, is one when he comes back and he says, truth, I'm a big fan of truth, but I'm also a fan of justice, but more importantly, when he rescues the big building, he comes back and he's like, this guy's still bothering you? That cheesy dad-ish yeah. one-liner. That yeah. is Superman. The guy that's just happy that's... to help. And because he can. He's just there. Right. He's... Happy. It was like we're finally getting Superman back on track. Only to discover Warner Brothers has no plans whatsoever for Superman. I was livid when I heard this news. It's like you finally got the character that can make you a lot of money back on track. Because Batman... It's been proven. Even at his worst, he's still financially bankable. Of, you finally have Superman back in a good place. You finally got him to a Superman level again. Yes, Justice League did not get the financial backing that they wanted. It did not reap the same financial rewards. But this dude, more than any of your other actors, has stated that he wants to stay a Superman. The dude suffered all these horrible memes... Rightly so. It wasn't all his fault with the whole mustache gate. He he still was Superman through all that. And he wants to be this character so bad. And I don't get why they don't have any plans for it. It's like you have this open door. Just go through it. Um, I honestly... I... So, the DCU and, you know, the DC cinema has gone through a lot of changes in the past few months. Uh, I just wonder if it's not necessarily they don't have anything for him. I wonder if DC as a company is not actually being as allowed to be in, involved as they should be. So 
You know what I mean? I, I don't know if I'm I'm being clear on on, on that. I think, but I think I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of like <laughs> George Lucas's role was with Star Wars right now. Yeah. And they. I don't think it's Warner that Bros. bad, but I think I don't think so either. But it, it, Warner Bros. has these characters, and they're like, well, they're tied to this company, so we should take some advice every now and then. It's just, but it's bad. I don't know, man. That DC, for all the issues that it's getting, has had time after time after time to get their stuff together, to look, learn from their mistakes, and start pulling it together. But it seems like consistently every time they have multiple options that can figure that can help them and figure things out, and they keep choosing the wrong options. To me, after Justice League. They had two options. Start over, completely reboot your series, or keep going with what was going on and eventually iron out the details and start getting on the path that you set. Either go, okay, we had a bit of a rough start, but we're going to keep chugging along and eventually we'll find our way, or just start over. Either one of those are very solid options. They're doing neither of those, it seems. It seems like they're like, okay, we're going to keep about... Half the people, we're going to Thanos our cast, and we're going to pick and choose who we want, and that's going to be that. Now there's rumors, which I actually don't put very much stock into these rumors, but there's rumors that Warner Bros. wants Michael B. Jordan, who is known for Creed, Fan4Stick, most recently being Killmonger and Black Panther, they want him to be Superman. Twitch, I'm like, okay, that doesn't, that doesn't, I don't buy this rumor, because it sounds like there's no plans for Superman. So if there's no plans for Superman, why are you already thinking about recasting him? Like, you have an actor that clearly wants to be Superman. So is it an Uh, issue of you don't want Henry Cavill anymore? Or is it an issue of you don't have a role for Superman? If that's the case, then why are you trying to recast this role if you have no plans? It doesn't matter who's playing it if you're not going to have them in a movie. Well, and, okay, so I'm, I'm trying to make sense of this, obviously, right? Because I think we all are. Um, But a situation I could see needing Michael B. Jordan for for a Superman would be if you did an angle you've already done, which is Superman's not around. And that hole needs to be filled. So you have Michael B. Jordan as Steel come in as Superman, which has been done before, and Michael B. Jordan has the acting chops to pull that kind of character off. It could work, but it doesn't make sense. Why would you go that direction? Because you've already told that story. So why tell the story again with other people? Oh my gosh. Now I'm getting upset. Okay. Because anyway, I, I highly doubt it'll be steel because DC learned their lesson the hard way with Shaq all those years ago when they made a steel. But that's Shaq. But also, that's Shaq, and this is Michael B. Jordan, bro. Like I don't, so, mm, I don't. Michael B. Jordan is a phenomenal actor, one of the best today. I don't care who's in the role, if he's steel, people are gonna compare him to Iron Man, fairly or unfairly which I don't Fair. think DC wants any more comparisons to Marvel at this point. I, I don't think it'll be Steel, which, thank God for that. But I, I just don't yeah. know. These Michael B. Jordan rumors, 
thankfully, I can't seem to find much of a basis for them. But it's those are just odd. Like I'm not. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'd be more opposed to his casting because we already have a Superman that wants the role. So why would you kick out a perfectly good actor that has been proven to work as Superman, has done it for three movies already, seem to be on the right track to getting a Superman, right as you get momentum, you halt it. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I really believe these Michael B. Jordan rumors. Yeah. I just the one that I going. could see, though, is... I could see him coming in as Guardian. Yeah, that'd be a great role for him. Or, man, even like a young, if you want to age, age him back a little bit, do a Martian Manhunter, but have him as like a, a, a be like a younger cop as opposed to an older cop. Ooh, you you are speaking my language, Martian Manhunter. He to me is like my most underappreciated I, Justice Leaguer. I love me some Martian I, Manhunter. But, I mean, I could see, I would not be opposed to using Michael B. Jordan in the DCU. Oh, no. But, I, yeah, I agree. I don't know why, why would you recast Superman. It doesn't make sense. I think at this point, I'm just trying to, <laughs> I feel like the story as a DCU uh, fan is always trying to make sense of, of, of stuff and try to put a positive spin on things. <laughs> Literally, WCW's like, booking made more sense than this. And even that's a little... Uh, man, there goes another wrestling reference. All right. Okay, so not to compare it to Marvel, but I was listening to a great uh, video on YouTube earlier today, and I completely agree. Of Marvel, for better or for worse, you like the movies or you don't like them, you always know what the bigger picture and the bigger plan is, right down to Iron Man 1 at the end. I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. Okay, they're, they're trying to make an Avengers movie. Awesome. After Avengers ended, uh, to challenge them would be to court death, Thanos set up. Awesome. You know, eventually down the road, they're going to fight Thanos. Uh, I'm going out on a limb here, as I've been saying for many years. At the end of Avengers 4, we're going to have Silver Surfer heralding the arrival of Galactus, setting that up down the road for that. That's my prediction for Avengers 4. Um... DC, what is the direction? What is the big picture? Yeah. What What is this? I know Zack Snyder apparently had something, but after Batman v Superman and just his previous works, I don't know if I trusted it because supposedly he had this big like five-movie arc for all the characters. And I don't think one person should have that much control. And yeah. I, DC needs a big picture. They need some form of a narrative structure to go off of. Like, Marvel does the homework. They know, here's point A. We want to get to point D. What are point C yeah. and part B to get us in between those points to get us to our destination? Yeah. Well, okay, but to your point, I think Dark Side was the end goal. But at the same time, how, how are you going to make Lex the creator of Doomsday if your end goal is Darkseid? Because you could have easily uh, had like Darkseid send, send uh, Doomsday to, in Batman v Superman. You can set that up no problem. 
and Lex be like, uh, what's going on? This wasn't me. I didn't do this. And at least because then I just... (sighs) Zack Snyder has actually come out and said that the Doomsday in Batman v Superman, believe it or not, is not the real Doomsday. He's like, no, no that was way. not the real Doomsday. The real Doomsday is still somewhere out there in space. I'm like, then why did you call him Doomsday and have him kill Superman if he wasn't the real Doomsday? There's yes. a great solution that I've heard, and I 100% agree with it. The easiest way to fix the Doomsday issue at the end of Batman v Superman is you still have Lex clone Superman and everything else, but he becomes Bizarro. Not yeah. Doomsday. It that makes more sense. An offshoot of a DNA of Superman, but he's more or less people don't trust Superman already. So if Bizarro starts wrecking stuff, people automatically assume it's Superman, causing this even bigger rift between Superman and the people that he's trying to save and win the trust of. It's well, yeah, it's and right there. it makes more sense for Batman to not trust him if there's someone else out there doing stuff to cause him to not trust him. But again, this comes back down to it doesn't ever seem like any of the DC movies have a big picture. Like, Zack Snyder seemed like he was making the movies that he wanted to make, but it didn't seem like he ever had a certain direction that he was trying to reach with the characters, a certain direction that he was trying to go. Yeah, and I'm with you. And But to to kind of counteract that a little bit in if you watch the animated movies oh those are uh, okay even those aren't as good as they used to yeah no i mean no but even then they don't have a bigger picture they tell one story and they're done and they unfortunately they're getting to be pretty hit or miss too well i don't know man i've enjoyed quite a few of them and uh, the most recent ones I mean, really, the only one I can style. I've never liked the new 52 style for these animated films, and I've wanted them to get away from it because it's very outdated at this point. But they're not, yeah, they're not as solid as they used to be. Some of them can still blow me away. The ones that are really surprising me are the Lego ones, but that's a topic for another day. But yeah, you bring up a good point of the animated universe is cohesive. It still feels like a universe, even if the stories aren't connected. You don't yes. have to have a Marvel formula of five to six movies, then big massive team up. Five to six movies, then another big massive team up. You can have just individual character stories, but still make them feel connected. This something about DC, they feel disconnected in a way, and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they exist together. It doesn't feel like there's some yeah. over writing story that's tying everything together. And that's what's so frustrating. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and you know what? Maybe that's just because the uh, DC doesn't have anything that's like the S.H.I.E.L.D. Because what they have is the Justice League. And that has our main characters in it. Whereas the S.H.I.E.L.D. in in the Marvel universe can act as a, as a guide for the story. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't I, know. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like they yeah. more or less put everybody into action. Yeah. It's, you gotta have some, something outside of your main characters that moves them into action. It's not like, I don't know, man. I, 
there's just a lot wrong with uh, with the DC universe. There's a lot they I'll give Zach this. He gave us a lot of uh, some really cool moments. He gave us more really weird ones, but yes. regardless, I, he gave us some good moments. Um, but I don't know. Like you said, you either stop and wait and maybe restart in, in a couple of years. Because if you restart now, it's going to be kind of weird. But if you wait, you the, the comic book boom might be over. I don't yeah. know. It, it, you might have screw, screwed your pooch. Like, you just can't. There's not a lot you can do now. And I think the reason we get so worked up about this, at least in particular for me, is I know the source material. I know they can't just say, well, this we're having a hard time adapting this to a screen. Well, clearly something's resonating. If these characters have been around for 90 freaking years and nothing is working for you guys, there's been successful versions in the past. There's just things that I would love to see in a movie that would be fantastic that I think could work, but they're not putting in the effort. They're just trying to make the money. Marvel was yeah. patient. They took their time. They figured out what worked. DC needs to do that. There's certain, there's like this long checklist of things that I would love to see in a live-action film that revolve around the world of DC, but I fear we may never get. Nightwing, yeah. love to see that. Never will happen at this point because I just Honestly? don't have that much faith in it. I would love to see oh, a live-action version of The Watchtower or The Hall of Justice or a Flash movie. Uh, Flash or even uh, a Lantern Corps. Yes. Like an actual lantern core and yeah. not have it be okay and expand it to the other colors. Build have like a two or three movie build to a fourth movie that is um as black as night. Oh black as night would be very that- difficult to do because a lot of the league and the core members of that movie were dead and i don't think dc would ever kill off that many people I, I agree. like i said that, that that's why you can only do some of their best stories you can only do if you build up to it with like maybe one or two movies before it you and maybe maybe that's the issue maybe they can't tell these long stories over four or five movies because each of these like scenarios like like blackest night are so specific in the details of what has to happen in order for these events to happen for this story because i mean even like flashpoint paradox there's very specific things that have to happen in order for uh reverse flash to make the decision to to you know restart time basically mm-hmm. I think honestly it. I jokingly talked about this earlier in the podcast but the more I dwell on it the more I think about it DC would actually be smart not to adopt Marvel's formula because that's what they've been trying to do and they've been falling flat on their face what they need to do yeah. is try something different and try Blumhouse's model what you need to do is make more smaller intimate personal superhero stories and that honestly that seems to be what they're doing with Shazam that looks like a single hero doing a single story 
and that mm. looks great. Do like a standalone um, Nightwing film or a standalone Red Hood film that feels like a just picture a Red Hood film that feels like dread in terms of claustrophobic one character on a single mission, hyper violent. It would fit for the character. I know we're getting a Joker standalone movie, which honestly at this point maybe just what it needs because it's supposedly a small budget film. So it can yeah. be R-rated and still have a small budget. Superhero movies don't have to have this big, expensive budget. You could still tell pretty personal stories and just be intimate and only have a small yeah. cast, a more tight and focused well, story. It doesn't have to be the end of the world every single time. It can be something yeah. like Spider-Man Homecoming where it's, I'm going to stop this robber and this plane that has a whole bunch of stuff on it. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm kind of excited for, uh, what is it, New Mutants, I think it's called? Where it's like all these... Cancelled. If it doesn't get cancelled, yes, I know. But I, because but it's something different. It's something so different from every superhero thing we've gotten. It's a superhero horror movie. Like, yeah! Like, let's do that. Let's explore what these powers do to your psyche let's explore these other avenues of story other than there's a big baddie and we got to take him down so like and to me that's why logan did so well yeah it's because we see this guy who has been through so much who can barely use his powers anymore it's just it, we get these stories need to be about people that happen to have powers not about people with powers yeah so um we talk wrestling all the time so i'm gonna go with the wrestling analogy for this big shocker but a reason why josh and myself aren't a huge fan of the current wwe product follow us here for a second is that the writing often feels like they change the story and the narrative every other week like something will happen to some wrestlers or some characters one week and it will be completely contradicted the next it seems like they don't think out the story months in advance. They think one week at a time, which if you're telling a weekly episodic show, doesn't work. You don't see that crap on like NCIS or any yeah. of these other shows that have an overall arc, which is essentially what wrestling should be. And DC right now is the exact same way. They're thinking, okay, one week at a time, not this is where we're at right now. This is where we would like to be. Where? How do we get to that point in between? Where, yeah. What steps do we need to take to better ourselves, to better our stories, to better our characters, to ultimately get the returns that we would like to see for movies? Yes. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you put out good product, people will buy. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not... you know. I have not, I've never been quiet about how I'm not satisfied with the, the product that Marvel puts out, but that's just because I think you can do so much more with these stories. I think you can take it to another level that makes it more emotionally impactful and not like a cheap money uh, cash grab. Um, but at the same time, they're still putting out an enjoyable product and I'm still going to go and see these movies in the theater. So, I mean, I don't think I even saw Batman v Superman in the theater. I did. Opening night. 
I didn't want to see it with a crowd. I wanted to see it on my own. I wanted to, to have my own opinions about it. I didn't want to ha- let a crowd dictate my, my emotions on this movie. And so, I mean, you and I differ and that's a topic that actually that, um, we had originally scheduled for this, um, podcast until this news broke and we're like, okay, we got to call an audible was watching a theater in person, yeah. watching a theater in person, watching a movie in person, the oh. w- communal aspects of it. Yeah. Whereas I actually have the inverse thinking on that of, I wanted to see Batman v Superman in person because I had fond memories before that with man of steel yeah. of all these DC fans, not really coming out of the woodwork, but all these DC fans getting excited about a movie. Finally, I saw it at a midnight showing in California with my dad. That's still some of the fondest memories I've ever had for any movie that I can think yeah. of off the top of my head besides Star Wars was going at midnight, yeah. getting super excited to see a Superman movie. And it was a great time seeing all these people in Superman shirts and just having a great time. And I was hoping to see yeah. that again for Batman Superman. And it didn't necessarily happen. So, yeah, I think this horse is beaten to death enough. However, yeah. I want to shift focus for this closing segment away from the DC aspect of this to the Henry Cavill aspect of this. I really enjoy his work as an actor. I loved him in Mission Impossible. Um, He's a great Superman. I just really enjoy him as an actor. He just seems and comes across as a very pleasant and a great guy. I hope, I hope he's still able to find some great work. He's going to be in The Witcher that we talked about um, last week on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you uh, see it, him? And maybe, maybe he's trying to make more time for that kind of stuff. Hmm? Say I said maybe, maybe he, he's maybe he's just trying to make more time for other projects that are going somewhere. Yeah, he's taken off, and I think he's tired of waiting for de- for Superman projects to come to him. So he's going out and finding projects. So yeah. honestly, for me, I I want him to succeed, and I really like him as a person. He seems very genuine. He seems just like a really cool guy. However, I, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat and break out my conspiracy theory. You know, there is another major franchise that's going to be looking for a lead very soon that he was originally rejected for, that the position may be open again that I can totally see him jumping on. And that's James Bond. Oh, uh, yeah. He was originally in the running for James Bond that first time with Casino Royale, but he ultimately lost out to Daniel Craig. Now the position may be open again, and as you discovered last week on the podcast, he is in fact British, so that does qualify him <laughs> to play as James Bond. And I would love to yes. see him as Bond, honestly. Yes. Honestly, for the next Bond, okay, first of all, spy movies are a, are a dead art, so if you're going to make Unless another one... possible. Yes. Uh, you gotta, it's got to be good. And so if you you need a good lead, not to say that Daniel's not good, but I mean, he's getting bored with it. Yeah, he's bored with it, and I understand because a lot of us are, because uh, every Bond movie is the same. Hey, so it's I love Skyfall. I know, but every Bond movie is the same. Um, so do something. They're gonna have to make it fresh. So. Uh, Honestly, my top two picks are uh, Henry Cavill and uh, Idris Elba. I would love to see Idris do more. He's all, he's. I don't say 
that makes me think it's not going to be Idris is he doesn't seem to be all that on board for it. And two, I think his age may be an issue. He's kind of up there. And if you're starting a franchise with someone, you don't want them to be... I think he's like in his mid-40s maybe. That's kind of a late age to start an action-heavy franchise. Like, yes, Rob Downey Jr. started Iron Man when he's up in years, but that oh, but he doesn't physically do demanding as James Bond would be. Yeah. Well, and while I agree, uh, Daniel Craig is kind of up there too, though. That That's a fair point, yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the most recent one, they kind of, maybe not the most recent one, I think it was Skyfall, they kind of said, like, he's in his 50s. Yeah, so like that. Yeah, he, they yeah, made a so, point to make sure that you knew he was old for that. Exactly. So, I mean, you could, I mean, you maybe not be not be able to pull it off by having Idris Elba play him, but um, you could almost tell a old man Logan story with James Bond. You wouldn't get very many films out of it, though. No, I mean, yeah. Everything's franchise-related now. I mean, I agree, but you know me, I prefer, I'm going to prefer a good movie over a franchise. True, which is why we're not in charge of movie studios. Yeah, exactly. Give me a great story, and you put me, you'll put my butt in the seat. Yeah. Like, I don't think, thankfully, that Henry Cavill is going to fall victim to the Superman curse like so many of his predecessors, thankfully. The guy's got a ton of talent, I think, DC. If this, again, this is all speculation at this point. Henry Cavill hasn't come out and officially said yes or no. DC has not officially come out and said yes or no. Warner Brothers, no one has officially said yes or no. This is just some heavy speculation that's going on around right now. But if it's true, this is more bad news for DC. And even as a loyalist, this is hard news to hear. And it it seemed like Henry Cavill was the soul of the DC universe. He started it. He seemed to be the face of hope, quite literally, um, for Just League as it started to turn around and represent more of the characters that we know and love. Now, if he's no longer staying, yeah. does the hope of the franchise go with him? And, yeah, I going forward, I just don't know. So, it's kind of up in the air. But, yeah, Josh, any last-minute thoughts before we drive this sucker home? It's, yeah, it, he, he, he's got enough talent. He'll, he'll, Henry will be able to do really anything at this point. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I really hope actually he does even better now, more just to kind of stick it to DC and Warner Brothers, but we'll, we'll yeah. see going forward what the news will be, and who knows, by the time this episode comes out, this news could be way outdated, thus is the nature of the internet. Yeah. But whatever, it yeah. was fun to talk about this and break down our thoughts about this and kind of, yeah, just kind of break down the DC Universe and this whole Superman quote-unquote fiasco. Well, what do you guys think about this? We'd love to hear your thoughts on the whole um, Henry Cavill leaving a Superman or any of the other movie topics that we talked about today. So feel free to comment below. And as always, if you'd like to see and want to see more, subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel, however you're getting this audio to you through your ear holes today. Feel free to subscribe to that channel. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hope you enjoy the content that you hear. Blah, that you hear here. It's a weird sentence to say, but I'm sticking with it. And we'll see you again real soon. Stay short, movie guys and gals.